five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher. Today on SpaceQ, I'll be talking with Ryan Anderson, founder of QShift. Before starting his consulting company, Ryan had notably worked at Telesat for nine years. Recently, the government announced its Innovation Supercluster Initiative, where it would invest $950 million in up to five superclusters. Each supercluster will be funded in the amount of $150 to $250 million, and selected organizations must match the federal funding. After the government made its announcement, Ryan began an effort to create a satellite supercluster called Satellite Canada. Ryan recently submitted Satellite Canada's letter of interest. In doing so, he received 39 letters of support from organizations across Canada and commitments of $328 million from those organizations. That's quite an achievement. And today I'll discuss with Ryan how he managed to get the space community to work together on this initiative and what's next. Welcome, Ryan, to the SpaceQ podcast. Thank you, Mark. So before we get into what Satellite Canada is and how it came about, why don't you explain what a supercluster is and why you think the government thought it would be a good idea to create up to five of them? Uh, the supersclusters are, uh, I guess the, the government kind of came up with the, the term supercluster to advance the notion of a cluster. So a cluster is a, a, an economic grouping of companies in a, in a geographic region that kind of work together in partnerships and collaborations or are part of each other's supply chain. Uh, you see them in, in most of the major cities across Canada. And the idea of a supercluster is to kind of connect some of these clusters together and develop some synergies that way. Uh, so kind of cross-platform. And they're looking at, at, at seven specific technologies, uh, advanced manufacturing, clean technologies, digital technologies, agri-food, uh, transportation. I, I can't remember all, all seven off of my head, but uh, the reason for the satellite supercluster was really that reading through that list, we kind of touch the, the satellite industry touches a lot of those technologies that they're looking for. So the, the idea that satellite could improve each one of those areas was, was really compelling. So what prompted you to, to, to start satellite Canada? I mean, it's a, it's a very large endeavor. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it, it, it was a long time in the making really kind of being in the industry and, and, struggling with some of the issues that Telesat was struggling with and talking to people at other companies and, and seeing what was on the horizon for, for the Canadian satellite industry, we, we could see that there was a need for skills development uh, and improved innovation ecosystem in, in satellite and, uh, and, and skills training, uh, just having people brought up to speed. I think there's a, a, a large gap looming in our, in our experience set and especially in satellites coming. Uh, so the, uh, the idea has been kicking around in my head and with some other people for, for quite some time. And it was really a conversation with, uh, with the, the, a manager at the Canadian space commerce association, uh, Andre Lutvinjenko. And he kind of presented the super clusters idea and what, 
I said is looking for to me. I thought, oh, wow, this sounds exactly like what we've been working on. Uh, so the two kind of came together and we said, well, let's take a, a shot at a satellite supercluster and, and see what happens. So uh, you worked at Telesat for a long time. And if I read correctly on your resume, um, you were uh, um, worked in the innovation, Telesat innovation program uh, towards the end, um, which I believe is uh, what has been the driving force in, in, in part in the new uh, low Earth orbit constellation that they're uh, going forward with. So working in that program, which was uh, a little bit outside the box, the way I would see it. Um, how did that help you in, in formulating uh, Satellite Canada? Oh, it, it, tremendously. Uh, like I said, you know, from from previous experience, looking into specifically those things, you know, what it took to innovate, what innovation meant, uh, what the ecosystem was like in Canada. Uh, I think all of that played right into to developing the supercluster because a lot of the ideas that I've got in the supercluster were kind of created out of the knowledge that I gained uh in investigating where to go with with the industry. So, okay, now let's get into what Satellite Canada is. What, what's what's the aim of Satellite Canada specifically? Uh, the aim is to to really try and help the Canadian satellite ecosystem be all it can be. If you want to steal a phrase, uh, and and that Telesat Leo constellation is is no small part of it, but. There are another 11 or 12 constellations uh, in development in different stages across Canada. Uh, there's uh, KeyNet is a, a quantum key distribution constellation. Greenhouse gas, GHGSAT, uh, are monitoring greenhouse gases. Uh, EarthCast has two constellations in development. Uh, the idea is to create uh, a satellite cluster and use the the synergies between companies uh, and and try and make something better than everybody can do on their own. So a lot of the, the command and control, a lot of the technologies, uh, they all they all apply to each sort of type of satellite and each sort of type of cluster. Or sorry, not cluster, but constellation. And uh <clears throat> you know, so one is, is developing all those technologies on the on the front end and the stuff that goes into the satellite. The other, and I think the really most important part of the industry is the downstream applications. So the satellites are useless if nobody can use the data. They're not valuable if they're not providing some sort of value in the end. Uh, so with the advent of, of a new type of communications constellation, all sorts of new types of Earth observation constellations, there has to be some focus placed on what to do with those systems once they're in place. You know, we can produce all sorts of data, but if we can't turn it into some sort of value for, for people on Earth, then it's, it's really just a science experiment. So uh, the government has uh, a, a difficult task, if you will, in that I, I think they're going to get more uh, letters of interest than they might have thought of. Um, why should the government of Canada support the Satellite Canada Supercluster proposal? Or at least let it move forward. Yeah, well, I, I, I touched on it a little earlier, uh, and there's sort of two threads that, that I have in my head. One is that satellite improves a great number of the technologies that they're looking for. So 
building these satellites and building all the hardware that goes into them is definitely advanced manufacturing. You know, using you know advanced 3D printing techniques, uh, small run batch manufacturing of really complex uh, components. Uh, that's that advanced manufacturing. Uh, satellite is integral to agri-food, so the precision farming. You need that that high vantage point look over the whole country to see what's going on. Uh, what else? Uh, digital technologies. Uh, again, the the Telesat Leo constellation. If you want to come back to that, presents the opportunity for a whole new way of doing doing global communications. Uh, and then it touches many of the other uh, featured themes in in ICED's technologies that they're looking for. So that was that was one reason. The other is that the government understands that. Canada would benefit from an investment in space and satellites. There's been a lot of uh, interest in the UK cluster model. The, uh, the UK space applications catapult has, has done some really great things for the UK industry and is really charting ahead of their progress to, to get the UK up to a 10% market share in, in satellite. Uh, so Canada has recognized that the innovation agenda recognizes that space and satellite is, is important to, to an innovation ecosystem in, in the country, and the the space advisory board. They're supposed to release a policy document in July, and they kind of stepped back from that after the the roundtables because the a lot of the feedback from the roundtables was we're past the point of, of policy. We're into the point of we need to take action. Uh, so the, the space board recognized that step back and I'm hoping the next step is, is something more of an action plan. So there, there's a little bit strategic in, in putting out a satellite supercluster right now in that we can put together the solution we think Canada needs whether it's a supercluster or something else the Space Advisory Board does, put together the, the model that we think will, will help Canada's satellite industry. So uh, will the, I mean, you, you've got 39 organizations involved in this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to, to them in a, in a second. But from the perspective of innovation and startups, uh, would a supercluster foster more startups absolutely that's uh one of the one of the four main areas that we want to tackle is is startups and most specifically in that application the downstream application area uh the the constellations are producing all sorts of new opportunities and some people need to start looking at, at what that is and we need to help them along Right. So when you say downstream, can you explain to our listeners just briefly what you mean by downstream? And of course, there's also upstream. Yeah. So upstream would be what we consider all the, the technologies that go into the satellites, the, the really cool components and hardware that make the satellite do what it can do. So that might be synthetic aperture radar. It might be uh, you know, a, a, a new type of sensor. It might be a different uh, inter-satellite crosslink, so that you know you can talk from one satellite to the next and hop all the way across the globe. Uh, all those technologies we consider upstream. The downstream would be what you do with that capability once it's there. So, you know, if you're taking greenhouse gases, for instance, you have all this data. Now, what do you do with it? Well, you can package it up and sell it to to different countries, and you know 
tell them who is producing all the greenhouse gases. Uh, other applications, you know, if you're looking at hyperspectral, they might be able to package that together and, and sell that to, to Agriculture Canada or direct-to-farmers or whatever it might be. These downstream applications are the things that, in the end, people are paying for so that you pay for the satellite data so that the satellite manufacturers have an incentive to put them all up. So uh, would the supercluster be more focused on the downstream? And are there any upstream areas that you think uh, need innovation? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to, to, to span the whole thing, but we really do want to try and hit both the up and the downstream. Uh, I think one of the gaps is putting the two together. So uh Space and satellite engineers are really great at coming up with some really cool stuff, but not necessarily, they aren't out there seeing the problems necessarily that could be solved by satellite. And the people out there with the problems that might be able to be solved by satellite don't know too much about what satellites can do. So we'd really like to be able to bridge that gap. So bridge the gap between that upstream and the downstream so that the downstream applications are driving some of the upstream development so that there's a, you know, a good solid business case for, for putting up all these, these constellations. Okay, so as I alluded to earlier, I'd get back to the organizations. So um, you, you'd said, uh, actually, I think through a tweet, <laughs> that uh, at the final, when, when you did, you finally submitted the letters uh, of interest to the government that you had 39 organizations involved. Um, how will all these organizations work together? I mean, after all, many of them compete against each other for business every day. So how are they going to work together in this supercluster? Yeah, the uh, the satellite industry is an interesting one because throughout the industry you have companies that you know compete one day and cooperate the next. Uh, it's a very small, very niche field. So a lot of them have done work together already. Uh, yes, there are some that compete. <clears throat> um, so there is a, a management level that we'll have to go through and. and you know, protect everybody's competitive advantages in, in those cases. Uh, the uh, the model we work off of is that other countries are doing similar cluster innovation uh, centers like this. So there there are models that you can you can use to to have competitive companies in the same ecosystem. Okay. And how, how will you deal with uh, intellectual property issues? I said is requiring a, a, a quote, fictionless IP access, unquote. Uh, what that is isn't quite clear, but will be, you know, better, better fleshed out in, in phase two of the, of the supercluster application. My, my idea is that it's really just uh, uh, a pre-negotiated licensing agreement. So company A and B combine, make some IP, uh, company C that's in the cluster can license that with a set fee. Um, you know, obviously when you talk about competition, there's gotta be some sort of barrier between the, the company developing the IP and their direct competitor than licensing that IP directly. But, uh, you know, what that is, we'll have to uh, to sort out through the, the coming months. 
So what's the benefit for the organizations that are participating in the supercluster? I mean, you you have some large, you have to have a, a couple of large ones, and then you're going to have a lot of small ones. So what's the benefit in the interaction between them? There's, there's lots of benefits. Uh, one is the, that benefit of, of linking the up and the downstream. Uh, so Telesat Canada has this, this Leo constellation, and there are some questions about whether, you know, whether low latency is really important or not. And you know, Telesat's got a lot of smart people there, but they don't really deal in that low latency question. So linking them with you know, companies who latency really matters to uh, can help them flesh out that business case. And you can see similar parallels all, all the way along. Well, you know, uh, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada can feed into, uh, you know, EarthCast and uh, North Star and, and these other Earth imaging constellations to tell them, you know, we really love to see, you know, this type of data and that type of data overlaid on top of each other. It's really bringing together both sides of that upstream downstream. Uh, the other part is, you know, big and small have uh, advantages to, to working with each other. So the big companies can see all the, the little smaller companies that are out there and say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know that was happening. Uh, even for myself, uh, you know, I've been in the industry for a while and, you know, been very active in, in the, the, the greater industry. And I learned a whole bunch of, <laughs> bunch of new things going through the supercluster process. Uh, companies that I didn't know existed, capabilities in Canada that I didn't know existed. So unless you're, you're part of something bigger, you're not going to find out all these things and not necessarily going to know them all, uh, especially if these companies are too small to, to get in front of, of people in the media and whatnot. So uh, going back to, to the downstream, because there's a lot of focus on downstream uh, these days, um, are there any particular areas that you see where Canada should focus on in, in the downstream area? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the the companies that are that are cropping up with these constellations are certainly areas we should focus on. Uh, and I've mentioned, you know, uh, synthetic aperture radar. So both MDA and EarthCast uh, both have synthetic aperture radar systems. Uh, optical imaging with EarthCast again. Uh, the 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 Telesat constellation is is a you know, a, a global communication system. Uh, KeyNet with quantum key distribution that has uh, uh, basically leveraging KeySat, which is a, a CSA uh, demonstration program that's on the books and, and don't know when the launch date is, but it'll be in the next few years. Uh, but could leverage that into a, a, a globally secure communication system. Uh, the, the potential is enormous for for just security applications. So all of those are, are areas that have profound impact on not not the satellite industry, but every industry. So recently, uh, the Canadian Space Agency announced the, the Canadian CubeSat project, uh, which is geared towards uh, post-secondary uh, university um, across the country um, and they're moving forward with that project. 
How do you see that, or do you see that fitting in with the supercluster? Uh, absolutely, it would fit in with the supercluster. We actually, one of those 30 or nine organizations is a, a similar CubeSat project called the, the Canadian Satellite Design Challenge. Uh, and I've always thought that that's a fantastic opportunity with the low-cost low CubeSat model to test ideas, prototype ideas, launch them and see how they do, uh, and then turn that into something else if it's worthwhile or you know, cut your losses if it's not. So certainly the, the CubeSat program and the CSDC are both excellent. I, I call them incubator programs and skills development programs because they do both. So the college students come in with great fresh ideas and test them out on a CubeSat and learn a whole bunch as they're going along. So uh, you know, CSA has to kind of step to the side on the whole supercluster initiative, but CSDC has has provided one of those letters for of support for Satellite Canada. All right. So you mentioned, uh, I think, 10 to 11 constellations um, that are proposed and uh, in Canada, which is actually, you know, uh, incredible uh, considering where things were a few years ago. Um, a lot of those are still proposals. Uh, some of them are slowly moving forward. Um are all going to survive are because of the supercluster initiative. Maybe some will merge with others. How, how do you see that shaping out? Because it, it seems to me like a, a lot of constellations and can the uh, space uh, economy handle uh, 10 or 11 constellations coming from Canada? Uh, what do you think? Uh, I, I think each of them is distinct enough to handle them all. I think the question is whether those constellations can all get the the right investment to to push them into operation and come up with those downstream applications that you know drive the demand for their data and you know satellite canada is is perfect for that and you know here's a chance for the canadian government to invest in these really high end technology highly qualified personnel uh you know top echelon of, of industry uh, and have it, you know, have them give them a better chance to succeed. Uh, so yes, I, I think they could all make it. Will they all, <laughs> you know, numbers say no, but certainly, right. uh, certainly an investment from Canada would help that. All right. So, um, so you mentioned 39 organizations and you, you mentioned uh, a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who, who are the big ones that, that you were able to sign up? Uh, or can you say? Yeah, I, I think we can say. Uh, Telesat, MDA, Honeywell, uh, Magellan. Uh, they're, you know. A, so basically a, a all the, the largest ones. Yeah, the, yeah. The biggest ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly a number of... Uh, of Smaller, sort of, you know, more on the the nimble and innovative side. Uh, Optelian and MPB, and I, I've mentioned Keynet and Skywatch is is looking at the downstream applications. How many of those? How many of those thirty nine had you not heard of before? Uh, there was uh, I go with a, about a half dozen that I hadn't heard of in that thirty nine. Um, and then there's some more that 
you know, we just didn't have time to get letters from. Right. So our, our list of, of organizations contact is about double that. So there's about 80 companies on the, on the list. Uh, and a great many of them I hadn't heard of. So th- that's actually uh, quite interesting because um, if you think of the total number of companies in Canada that work in the space sector, I mean, that's a, you know, if you had over 80 companies that were of interest, um, you know, by doing my math, that's like uh, almost two thirds of, of, of the country or the companies out there. Um and if I remember correctly, one of the items for the superclusters, you had to be regional, and you're set up in, in Ottawa, but it's obvious from what you've done is that you've already skipped ahead to the part where we're going to engage the rest of the country, because you have 39 organizations, and there aren't 39 of them in Ottawa. So <laughs> uh, so, so you've already done that. You know, you've got a, a central group in Ottawa, and then you've gone out from there, and you've basically... Uh, picked up uh, just about you know all the players from across the country yeah and that's partly because the vision of, of satellite canada has that national aspect to it you know, there's a vision of, of uh, uh, the central hub in ottawa but then other spokes in in other major centers uh and, and then the other part of that comes from the iset documents themselves where yes they're asking for regional density but they're also asking for national networks and national reach so you know we we started to in ottawa just focus right in ottawa and get that regional density in the and the local companies there first and then we spread out from there hi so you actually did a lot of hard work obviously to get to this point um but this is just the beginning Potentially. So uh, right now, your letter of uh, interest is, is with uh, the government. Um, do you know what the time frame is before you might hear back from them? Uh, it should be fairly quick. They've, uh, they've given themselves the, the sort of loose timeline of the, of the end of this year to get phase two applications in. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the end of August, mid-September for them to announce who's being invited to phase two. Uh, and then a few months from there to, to get phase two applications in. My understanding is that the money is budgeted for this fiscal year. So it has to be basically has to be spent by the end of March, 2018. Uh, it's a five-year program, if I remember correctly. So 150 to $250 million over five years. So, uh, yeah, you'd have to spend a portion of that uh, pretty fast. Yeah, you have to spend um, a first sale, yeah. Yeah, so, um, okay, now... <laughs> Uh, if Satellite Canada isn't accepted into phase two of the program, uh, what then? We keep going. Uh, you know, we, we tweak it and we work with the, the Space Advisory Board and CSA and, and I said to, to continue it and, and mold it into what they think Canada needs as well. Uh, right now, we're, we're molding the vision for a super cluster and it really fits that quite well. Uh, but there's a, a definite and identified need for space and satellite innovation in Canada. And the, the fact that a space advisory board exists advising the minister on what we should be doing in, in space and, and the industry uh, speaks to 
the recognition of that need. So if we aren't invited back to phase two, we keep going and we, we keep going after, after I said, and, and the spaceport. So basically what you're suggesting then is that if you don't go forward, um, in phase two, that, um, you're going to proactively, uh, keep going with government and you're basically to try and talk them into from strictly the space sector perspective to say, Hey, look, we, uh, managed to get 39 organizations so far, $328 million of commitments. Um, we've done our part. We need you to do your part and and then see if they're willing to go it that way, totally separate from the supercluster idea. Yeah, I, uh, you know, one, they, they've recognized the need for it. Two, we have a, a model in the UK that has shown tremendous success in in doing this. They've added thousands of jobs and taken a, a much larger market share, uh, and, and certainly tracked ahead of their their goal to hit their their ten percent. Uh, Canada can do the same when we can do the same on a, on a larger scale. I think, uh, we have a a lot of advantages in, in our, in our satellite industry. You know, we kind of started with, with Telesat being one of the largest. That's an advantage that, that the UK didn't really have. Um, but they still managed to, to do some really great things. The other option, from what I understand, is is that if you're not selected for phase two, is it possible for you to um, piggyback uh, onto uh, another application? Yeah, it is possible, uh, and that has been we've considered that already. We've had some conversations with some of the other clusters and, and applications in this initiative. We we decided to kind of go it alone, a because we had the critical mass and the critical level of investment. So we didn't really need to, to partner up to, to bring ourselves up to the right level. Uh, and, and B to get ourselves out there and seen. Uh, so, you know, as, as big and important as I think satellite is, it's a really small part of, of a lot of larger industries. Uh, so, you know, we can fit into a mining cluster, but, we'd be a smaller part of that. We can fit into an aerospace cluster, but we're a smaller part of that. So we decided that it was best to kind of sit ourselves in the middle as our own super cluster because we could, A, get the, get the funding for it, and B, you know, we can make the inroads into as many super clusters as we want that way. So we, uh, we decided to kind of stick to ourselves. Yeah, yeah it seems to me when I uh, looked over the, the supercluster initiative document the government put out and, you know, those target areas that they were looking at, that space was not mentioned. But if you look at each one of those, space is a component of each of them. So, uh, so, and of course, when we say space in this particular instance, we're talking about satellites because, uh, as you said, precision, uh, agriculture, um, you know, all those things, the mining, the rest of it, these days, everything seems to in part and as a greater uh, proportion going forward, it seems, uh, need to rely on uh, space data. And as more satellites and satellite constellations go up, there's just that much more data that's coming in that can be used and that uh, would seemingly be useful for it. So um, I can understand why you uh, wanted to go it alone. And I think that, uh, um, you know, 
I was a little skeptical when I first uh, uh, saw the supercluster initiative from the government that a space one would actually come out of it. But uh, to your credit and the people that you're working with, uh, you've uh, obviously managed to pull the community together uh, to get the commitments uh, that you needed. Uh, and I think that in of itself uh, certainly sends a, a very clear message to the government that uh, um, you know what the community thinks of it, what they're willing to do to, to to make this happen. So uh, I commend you on that. Um, Thank you. Um, any um, parting thoughts? Uh, I think you, you kind of hit it there. You know, the, the industry is built of a lot of people with a lot of passion for the industry. Uh, but we also have this advantage now of having seen how, how the industry actually has a, an economic advantage. Uh, there are a number of reports put out by, by Canada and the CSA that show you know, the, the number of jobs for every job in, in the space sector is, is 1.5, which is, you know, one space job supports another one and a half jobs in the economy, which is higher than other industries. The, the GDP per employee in space is over double the national average. So there, there. It's it's more than just fun, cool things to do in space. It's actually an economic driver, and has a a, a, a trickle down effect on the perception of all of Canadian industry. So after Alouette One was launched and did so well, Canadian companies enjoyed uh, a reputation for excellence for a long time after that, uh, and and still probably do. Uh, based on other large-scale projects, the Canada Arm, people see that and say, oh, wow, Canada's really great at doing stuff like that. Uh, so it, it helps other industries and helps Canada on the, on the global scene. Well, I'd like to thank Ryan for being our guest on the SpaceQ podcast. I hope you'll consider being on a future show as the Satellite Canada Supercluster takes shape. It'd be my pleasure, Mark. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Q Podcast. If you have comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. You can also find Space Q on Twitter at Canada in Space and we post all our articles and podcasts to Facebook at The Space Q and don't forget to like us on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn at Mark K. Boucher and if we're connected, you'll get Space Q articles and the podcast notification in your newsfeed. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app. If you use iTunes, please consider rating the show and writing a review if you're so inclined. Inclined.